Welcome to the Broken Pie Drop Podcast, episode 118. I'm your host, Derek Moore. And this week, going to be responding to a few questions I got about this. Uh, you might have seen it on Bloomberg or CNBC. The Federal Reserve went in and did some big activity in the reverse repo market, which are reverse repurchase agreements. So what the heck is that all about? What are these repo markets, reverse repo markets? How do you figure out what the reverse repo and repo rates are? What exactly is changing hands here? Are these collateralized loan obligations? You know, what's going on there? And then are, are there other cases? So is it always the Fed and Treasuries or are there always cases where uh, these loans take place? Who is doing them? Why are they doing them? What does this mean with regard to the Fed funds rate? Does it mean anything? So before we get into all of this stuff, let's just start out with, I don't know, a simple example. Let's say you own, I don't know, you own $1,000 worth of uh, 10-year treasuries or something like that, right? You got $1,000 in a treasury bond. And, but you need some cash. You need to uh, need a little bit of cash. So, and why do you need cash? You just, you just do, right? For our purposes right now, you need cash and you need to, to borrow cash for about a month. So you call one of your friends and I'm making this as simple as possible, but I like to do that. You call one of your friends who has cash and says, Hey, can you loan me you know, a thousand dollars, and in a month, I I'll pay you back, right? And your friend says, "Sure, but let me hold on to something. I want collateral, and the collateral is something where your friend's like, hey, give me the collateral, because if you can't pay me back, at least I have this collateral.' Okay. So what you're doing is you've got this one bond worth a thousand dollars. And you're like, hey, I need cash. So you're going to do what's called a, a repo agreement. And what that means is you're going to give the bond to your friend and your friend's going to give you cash. Now, in reality, these, these are big banks. It's the banks and the Fed. It's you know different things like that. But let's keep it simple. So you hand over your bond to your friend. Your, your friend hands you $1,000. And... Over the next month, you're in theory, not in theory, you're going to pay some, some rate of interest. It's a, it's a repo agreement because basically um, you're going to repurchase your collateral back from your friend. In this case, it's in a month. Okay, so you have the bonds. You give them to your friend. Your friend gives you the $1,000. Great. You've got a, a liquidity need for uh, a month. At the end of a month... You give $1,005, $1,005 back to your friend, and you repurchase your own treasury bond back. You, you get back the collateral. And so to figure out how much you paid, uh, basically it's the, the $1,005 divided by 1000 and then you subtract it by one, by the way. You get you know half a percent. So that that was the the repo rate that you paid. That's that's sort of the, the interest. 
because you paid a higher price for the asset. You, when you repurchased it, you paid more for it than you got in, in cash. And so that difference is similar to like if you, you know, if you have a stock, you buy it at 1,000, you sell it at 1,005, the difference is what you make. Well, um, you borrowed 1,000 bucks, the price of the bond was 1,000, but now you pay it back, you pay a premium to your friend. So your friend collects basically half a percent and if you want to annualize that, uh, you would take a thousand five divided by a thousand to the, you know, to the power or exponent of four minus one. It's a little over two percent annualized yield. So basically, what's just happened is that's a repo transaction, and the repo rate would be listed on that at, at you know two point oh two percent because they're always listed as annualized figures, but in reality. That cost you about a half a percent. So again, why, why did you do that? Why didn't you just sell the bond? We, you had a short-term liquidity need. So a lot of times, um, sometimes these agreements are just overnight agreements where party A just needs funds for you know basically one day or overnight. Uh, it could be a week, a month, 180 days, could be a year, right? And it's sort of like a collateralized loan. You get a loan, you put up collateral, but the, the repo, the term, re, which is repurchase agreement, just means you're going to repurchase your collateral normally for more than you, you lent it out for. And that's how the counterparty gets, um, makes a little bit of interest there. And the repo rates are going to be dependent upon the underlying collateral. So imagine you gave your friend, you're like, hey, here's $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. And you and you're like, I'll I'll buy it I'll buy it back at a thousand five. Well, that's not going to fly, right? Because what's the risk? The risk to your friend who's holding on to that collateral is that you can't pay them back, and the asset drops. So imagine if it was Bitcoin instead, and you can't pay your your friend, and Bitcoin goes down by seventy percent. Now your friend's got an asset that's worth, you know, three hundred bucks instead of a thousand. And so they're taking on market risk. And so, but with treasuries, especially short duration treasuries, you know, like, like three month T bills, things like that, one month T bills, um, you 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 know you have a little bit of market risk, very little interest rate risk, and very little default risk because they're U.S. treasuries. We can always print more. Okay. So that's that's kind of the the basic thing here. Um, so who's using this? Well, so typically this market is is your banks, uh, could be you know brokerages. I saw an article recently that T. Rowe Price and Vanguard were recently added to the Fed's list of authorized repo market participants or reverse repo market participants. But I'll get to that. And you know, a lot of times, uh, just you know, one firm or or a bank might have a short term need for liquidity. And that's why they do it. Um, you also could see this, you know, you, could, you might see a corporation do a repurchase agreement where they put up collateral. In this case, it's a collateralized loan and they get funding. Maybe they have to fund a purchase order and they have a short-term funding need. So um, sometimes those are done in commercial markets, but it's, it's kind of the, um, the idea, Okay. The, the reverse repo is a little bit different. 
And here, the reverse repo is you've got cash and you're able to, to lend out the cash, and, but you're going to take in that collateral. This is what the Federal Reserve did last week, is they actually went out and they took cash out of the system where uh, banks or money market funds, that's why you see like the TRO prices and the Vanguard, uh, there's excess cash in the system. And so uh, they actually, again, is that, uh, it's the reverse, right? Okay, so sometimes this this throws some people. So let me, let me just go through this um, slowly and then we'll kind of get to what, what the Fed's doing and, and some of the participants. Okay, so we already said a repo, somebody has collateral, they need cash. Uh, a reverse repo, which just happened the other week, is you know, all these banks, maybe um, all these funds, they've got cash, they've got, and they want to get rid of the cash. And in this transaction, the Federal Reserve did a reverse repo agreement where they uh, exchanged collateral, treasury bonds, for cash. And so it, it's, um, and I don't want to say a repo agreement or a reverse repo agreement is sort of you just look at the party and what they have to bring to the table, whether it's cash or whether it's collateral, because there's a little more involved than that. Um, but that's that's sort of the way to look at that, okay? So reverse repo is um, you've got cash, you're going to ship it out, you're going to take in secu securities, or in this case, treasuries, um, and the other side has collateral and they'll take in cash. So why did this happen at the Fed, right? And was, was what happened, was it unprecedented? So I went back and I looked, and this is on the St. Louis Reserve, uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis site, otherwise known as FRED. Anytime you want to get, I mean, tons of stuff on there. If you Google FRED and you put in whatever you're looking for, a lot of times there's a chart. And so the repurchase agreement market actually in, I guess it was September of 19, that's where you saw the opposite. You saw the Fed injecting liquidity, putting dollars into the market in exchange for, for treasury securities from banks and, and different counterparties, okay? Um, that really has not been used at all since, uh, let me look here, probably maybe July, June or so. Yeah, kind of like June of, of 2020. And at the very height of it in March of 2020, there was about 100 um, billion, I think. This is a million, so maybe 100 million in there. I'll double check there. Um, but it hasn't been used since. The opposite, though, where you basically had a reverse repurchase uh, agreement, and that's where Treasury sold by the Fed in, you know, it's called temporary open market operations. Back in April, you had, uh, okay, yeah, the previous one I said, that was 200 million. This one is in the billions. So it's about 230, I don't know, 200, yeah, 230 billion. That was in April of 2020. But recently what we've seen is it actually hit an all-time record. Um, on Friday, for example, 
it hit uh, $479 billion the day before. Thursday, May 27th, was $485 billion. And really, there wasn't much at all going on in that market until it started to crop up again, you know, February of this year. It was a tiny blip uh, in January. You got to go back to, you know, sort of the, the last time things were this big, where if you look at, you know, 20, 2014, 2016, uh, 2017, 2018, and there you had, you had some highs around 400 billion. So that's kind of what you're hearing. And there's, there's a couple schools of thought. There was an article in the Financial Times, FT, where they kind of looked at this and said, you know, a lot of these money market funds or banks, um, they've got to park their cash somewhere. They have too much cash. And with treasury bills pushing negative rates, um, even though they're, they're essentially getting one basis point you know, next to nothing on the reverse repurchase agreement, um, that was a, a, at least a place where the yield wasn't negative. And so that's the other thing, and I'm not sure how big of a, a, a deal this is, but the Treasury, I believe the U.S. Treasury has cash on right now that they've got um, to wind down a little bit. And it's the it's technical reason that it goes back to uh, some of the the tax bills or uh, some of the things, you know, uh, governmental operations, right? Uh, but I don't believe the last time I checked on a short duration, so uh, bills are different than bonds. Bills are less than a year. Bonds are greater than a year, right? So if you look at issuance of one or three-month uh, T-bills, the demand for those has outstripped supply. And that means at auction, means when the government first auctions it off and so there's not a lot of uh, really short duration uh, treasury paper out there of treasury bonds or I'm sorry, bills. So that, that could be one of the reasons. I've seen some, some commentary on that. And is this kind of a, um, is this a quasi quantitative tightening? Um, I don't know yet. And the reason why you're hearing that is that uh, the Fed essentially is, you know, instead of buying bonds, it's actually taking in cash. Um, and it gets a little bit complicated from there. But um, there's some people saying, hey, this is, this is a, si- you know, a sign that uh, there's too much liquidity out there. So potentially that, that is something to look at. And if it turns out that the market can't absorb any more um, you know, liquidity, and there's too much sloshing around, sloshing is a term that people used on TV, then maybe this is a, a signal of something. But uh, I think it has more to do with the fact that the Fed funds rate, so the Fed funds rate is, um, it used to just be a, a single number, and now it's a range. So right now it's 0% to 0.25%, so a quarter point, zero to a quarter point. And the Fed funds rate has been, I think last time I checked, it was around, you know, six basis points, which means, you know, six tenths of uh, uh, 1%, right? And so part of the argument too here is that the Fed wants to keep the Fed funds rate from going outside the range, meaning going negative. 
And this is a way for them to, to try and stop that from happening. So kind of more of a, a technical thing here, but you know, that's definitely one of the, uh, the aspects to look at. So one of the other things, too, to take a, a look at is recently the Fed has increased the number of authorized participants in this. And I believe they also increased the, the limit from $40 billion to $80 billion. And I, according to the Financial Times article, you know, some 50 participants parked uh, $485 billion at the U.S. Central Bank through its reverse repurchase program. And, of course, that's run by the, the New York branch of the Fed, so the New York Fed. And, by the way, the, the previous record was $474 billion on New Year's Eve in 2015. Um, by the way, just a note on the timing of this. Uh, a lot of, often you see spikes like this, or you have seen spikes like this at the end of quarters, at the end of year, and it just... But, you know, this was done not at the end of a quarter, not at the end of a month. So that was a little bit interesting. There is, by the way, a list of authorized participants on the New York Fed side. If you're so inclined, you can go check that out. Um, and I think I mentioned this too. A lot of this has been coming from money market funds. And so the Financial Times article pointed that out as well, where they said, look, uh, with the Fed buying $120 billion of treasuries and agency-backed securities each month, along with the federal government uh, putting out stimulus checks to aid the pandemic recovery, uh, money market funds have attracted inflows. And basically banks, uh, for regulatory reason, this is all in the article as well, they are shifting deposits to uh, money market funds. So it seems like of recent, that's where some of the, uh, the funds have been coming from. If we look at a few of the benchmark rates, so the Fed funds rate, as I mentioned, uh, hit six basis points. I've seen it as low as five recently. Uh, it's been seven. If the target rate is zero to a quarter point, they don't want it to, to get outside that range. And so that's some of the potential reasoning for why they're in the market. By the way, a few other things of note, uh, the SOFR rate, Secured Overnight Financing Rate, SOFR, if you've taken out a loan recently and you might have Remember, things used to be based on LIBOR. Uh, people are going away from LIBOR, and SOFR is supposed to be the replacement for LIBOR. And that rate is down to one basis point, so one-tenth of, of 1%, so 0.01, right? And, you know, that's almost zero. And so, you know, a couple people have mentioned part of the reason why they're going in here is because they don't want these types of rates to go negative. Um, there's another theory too. There's something called interest on excess reserves and IOER rate. And the interest on excess reserves is currently sitting at uh, 10, 10 basis points. So that is, uh, I guess my other one was 1 100th, right? So for um, so IOER is, is one-tenth of 1%, 0.1%, right? And that one has been, been sort of holding. Um, that's one to, to take a look at because the Federal Reserve could actually move that rate without actually changing the Fed funds rate. 
which is, of course, the big one that you always hear about. Interest on excess reserves, uh, just a little background on that. The Federal Reserve started paying interest on excess reserves probably back in, I don't know, it was 08, somewhere around there. And that was, uh, I think it was part of a bill that got passed in, in Congress. And that's the idea is banks could go ahead and, and put their excess reserves on deposit with the Fed and the Fed would pay them uh, an interest rate. So that's one that they could move. They could actually increase the reverse repurchase rates. Uh, I think it was noted that they're essentially zero, although it did tick down to negative 0.01% at one point. Uh, so that's something they could they could try and increase as well. And all those things are really about just keeping the, the Fed funds rate within their narrow band. They don't want it to get uh, outside of the narrow band. So, okay, so... Let, let's kind of backtrack a second. And so does this mean anything for the markets? Don't know yet. It's, uh, I mean, the Federal Reserve, this is a little bit new um, that they were in the, the repo market. It's not new that they are in the reverse repurchase market. As I mentioned, 2016, 2018, they were, 2014, they were in the market. Is this a spike compared to what's happened recently? Yeah, it is. So I think we'll just have to, to see on this. And, you know, the Federal Reserve has done a lot of things that they never did before, including buying corporate bonds. You know, they bought mortgage-backed securities since uh, 2008. They've done Operation Twist, QE. They've done yield curve control of late. So a lot of different things that they're doing. And this starts to get into the minutia of the inner workings of the Fed. But to be determined. And we'll see. I, I do think part of this is there's just too much mo money chasing too few T-bills and there's nothing available. So seems to be like a market that um, those people looking for, you know, a one-month T-bill or something would go ahead and gravitate towards. So I'll link to a few things. I'll link to the New York Fed site. I will link to the St. Louis Reserve Bank, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis that shows the, the repo rates and the repo activity. So you can take a look at that. And then even on you know, the page I'll link to, uh, when they talk about the overnight reverse repo operations, right on the New York Fed's page, they even say the overnight re reverse repo program, uh, or, the, or ON for overnight, RRP, is used to supplement the Federal Reserve's primary monetary, monetary tool, interest on excess reserves, for depository institutions to help control short-term interest rates on RRP operations, support interest rate control by setting a floor on wholesale short-term interest rates beneath which financial institutions with access to these facilities should be unwilling to lend funds. So basically what they're saying is um, right now they don't want rates to go below their zero to a quarter point bound. And to do that, they're essentially offering rates, which are 0% or 0.01%, you know, um, basically they're set, they want to set that floor. So if they're in there and they're setting that floor, uh, somebody lending out money shouldn't take something less than that. 
okay? And that's really the crux of, of what's going on right now. What that tells me is there's some, some real pressure on short-term rates where if the Fed didn't come in here, potentially maybe they'd go negative. So a little bit of, uh, you know, in, in the minutiae here, and, and, uh, but I wanted to make sure and give you an idea of what, what these terms mean, the repo market, reverse repo market, uh, who's in there, what's the Fed doing, and things like that. Okay, so now, uh, do me a favor, please share this episode or share any of the episodes. We've got, you know, gosh, this will be 118 now. And this month, uh, by the way, was the, the month's not over yet, but it's the most downloads the program's ever had. So uh, that's really nice. Uh, you must be sharing it or at least listening. And, uh, you know, you can also rate it five stars and review it as well. I always say don't bother doing that. But go ahead and share it. That's, uh, that's a better thing. All right, folks, we'll be back next week with another episode.